Literally, we drove around all day, and there's not a single job in this town. There's nothing, nada, zip. Yeah, unless you want to work 40 hours a week. Let me bring you up to speed. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. I'm getting a vibe here. Now, please listen very carefully. This is the Brian Suits Show. Hey, good morning. It's uh... Coyotes. Brian Suits here on a practice Friday. Boy, that was overmodulated. I'll bring that down a bit. Uh, inside radio talk happening here. You put a little auto tune on that? Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh... Pulling down the level on Adobe Audition, so let me let me try this time. Coyotes still uh, <clears throat> killing me. Pretty hot. Smalls, yeah. Anyway, um, oh and two. Uh, good morning, everyone. It's a, a no reason to leave early or anything. It's, there's no snow, no rain, no nothing. All the snow is melted uh, and the whole thing. I don't have any <clears throat> except that the passes are all closed. So what are we going to do for food? And if you don't need to go anywhere, probably a good idea not to. Oh, how about the the, the Pittsburgh? Well, I, I don't want to uh, bury the lead on the uh, today's morning montage, but repeated, stolen by the Portland mayor, um, by the way. So I'm Portland, not Portland, but um, Buffalo. Wait till you hear about the the Kirk Cousins curse. I'd uh, to hear about that. I didn't know about this. Um, and... So I had to go find the uh, you like that um, and and put it in the montage. But uh, we there there is some hot uh, football talk. Uh, does anybody remember Mark Chamora of the Packers? Refresh my memory. When Brett Favre was the quarterback, he used to throw to to Chewy to Mark Chamora, the okay. tight end, until Chamora was caught in a hot tub with a bunch of seventeen-year-olds. Right, well, <laughs> so it turns out to be illegal, even if you're a Packer in uh, Wisconsin. They, they, they frowned on that stuff. But never mind that. Let's just crank out this here morning montage <clears throat> with, uh, with, with relish, I say. If you don't need to go outside, please don't go outside. Secondary syphilis. All right. I think, there, I think there's a good chance this man has to clap. I am scared as heck. <laughs> Seattle Police's bomb squad came and took the grenade. They later found out the grenade was not live. Any other nation, we have more liquid oil and gas. That Pakistan has decided to recall its ambassador from Iran. You like that? Short but sweet. Effective. (laughs) Your mic's not on. There there we go. There you go. Um, Yeah, I had a... uh... At a longer one. There uh, you go. Anyway, there's some there's a whole bunch of technical malfunctions, uh, wardrobe malfunctions that uh, we'll we'll put it down to uh, today and uh, and stuff. But you know what? I'm I'm learning um, as, as I'm I have jury duty looming. I'm I'm learning to be a little more. Uh, what's what's the term? Contemplative. Okay. You contemplative. Know, so I'm, I'm not gonna contemplative. What are you saying? Contemplative. Contemplative. You put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. No, now you sound like the Pakistani Foreign Affairs Ministry. By the way, here's the setup. The setup is yesterday because now Pakistan crossing curvy swords with Iran. If my advice to Iran is one enemy, one nuclear enemy at a time, okay? You're busy with us right now. And then you go ahead and launch uh, unannounced strikes on anti Iranian. Uh, terrorists that live in Pakistan, 
And uh, apparently on your list of countries that are nuclear armed, you, did, did no one update that? Is this but, today's World War III update? Yeah, here's, uh, here's a little bit of World War III update, uh, right? This is, this is from yesterday. Last night's unprovoked and blatant breach of Pakistan's sovereignty by Iran is a violation of international law and the purposes and principles of the Charter of the United Nations. They also forget sovereignty. So, sovereignty. She meant to say sovereignty. But anyway, Iran has forgotten that they have no air defense and that Pakistan has a pretty good air force with that their F-16 and stuff. And also, uh, Pakistani pilots are very good. Uh, the Indians can attest to that. And the Indians just have more guys. and all. That. But the Pakistanis are pretty good at, like, attacking you and stuff. And Iran forgot they, they have no air defense. So Pakistan uh, did strike back at <clears throat> after the Iranians are now in love with the fact that they have a fairly precision based long range uh, missile and that apparently they, they think no one claps back at them. And so um, firing, you know, killing um, our, our guy Tom's friend in Erbil is one thing and killing uh, ISIS guys in Syria is another thing. But striking Pakistan, striking a country with a first world air force and first world quality pilots. And nukes. Yeah. And oh, by the way, and nukes and a legendary calm demeanor. Um, it may not be the best move because the Pakistanis did strike back. And so here's the same spokesperson with an update uh, this morning. Last night's unprovoked and blatant breach. Oh, that was yesterday. Okay, here it is uh, this morning. morning. Pakistan undertook a series of highly coordinated and specifically targeted precision military strikes against terrorist hideouts in Sistano Baluchistan province of Iran. Uh, if you don't know this, in the east of Iran, they, they border Pakistan and uh, they each are harboring uh, anti-other guy terrorist forces. Uh, Anti-Pakistani regime forces are in Iran, and Iran apparently tolerates it, and anti-Iran forces are in Pakistan, and Pakistan basically tolerates it, because it's no skin off either's nose and all that, right? And so uh, so anyway, what, what the Iranians were reminded of by the Pakistanis is that they have no air defense for uh, a, a modern, determined, well-trained air force. So they should maybe think about that real hard. Um, and so because the Iranians, although if you don't know this, in, in um, Top Gun Maverick, the the enemy, just like the original Top Gun, I don't know what the problem is with the writers, well, they don't name names. But anyway, the fictional country that they went in was Iran. And that's why there was an F-14 Tomcat in the hangar, and it was just ready to start up. It was apparently, um, uh, you know, not not deadlined or whatever, even though they're 40 years old, 50 years old now. And that's how Tom Cruise got back in an F-14, just like the original Tomcat, because the Iranians still fly Tomcat. Why do they even have them? Well, because we only sold Tomcats to one, not even a NATO country, to one country. The Shah of Iran, if it was gold-plated, he wanted it. If it was shiny, he wanted it. The Shah was was uh, our good guy in in the Gulf uh, because uh, if it was shiny, he would buy U.S. or U.K. stuff, and he would play us against the Russians if, like, he bought Russian artillery and Russian trucks. We didn't like that, but then he came back and said, I can't stay mad at you. Give me some of them F-14s. So he bought F-14s. We sold them to him because cash. Um, and so when the Shah was overthrown, 
the Islamic Republic, the new government, said, oh, those are neat. What do they do? And so they stopped imprisoning pilots, and they said, uh, teach other people to do pilot crap. But the thing is, though, time has caught up to those. The Iranians have no air defense. If Israel wanted to strike Iran, they could do it in the daytime in biplanes. We could as, as well. But uh, anyway, Iran finds itself poss possibly with a uh, unintended conflict, and this is all the, the creature of the Islamic Republic uh, Guard Corps, having missiles thinking you have to fire them if you have them. Uh, but in, in reality, um, because uh, Pakistan considers Iran a brotherly country, this is probably transactional, that <clears throat> they each did each other a favor and killed each other's anti-me uh, terrorists. So just to put a fine point on it, uh, she point, pointed this Pakistan's out. Pakistan's unflinching resolve to protect and defend its national security against all threats. Iran is a brotherly country, and the people of Pakistan have great respect and affection for the people of Iran. And that should be the end of that. And, I'll, and the implied message behind this is, did you forget we're nukes? Do you remember we're nukes? Uh, we, we have nukes. And... and uh, um, and and that whole thing. So I hadn't heard about the uh, the cousin's curse. You like that? Yeah! And it's not just that. Um, it's um, dig if you will this picture. If you in in the past twelve years, if your team lost to a Kirk Cousins quarterback to team during the season, you will not be in the Super Bowl. Well, the Niners lost to Kirk Cousins, seventeen to twenty-two. So I don't know. Maybe I should put money on the Lions to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, whoever wins this weekend's Lions Bucks playoff game is going to represent the NFC but at it, Candlestick. Maybe yeah. unless the Packers find a way to uh, trip them up. And you know, in in hot sports talk, you have to you have to have a hot take in in your in your hot sports talk. Mm -hmm. or, or or you're just not doing uh, hot sports talk correctly. The reason I mentioned uh, that Green Bay Packers tight end, uh, Mark, 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 teenage-loving uh, Chamora, is that he has a hot sports talk show in Milwaukee. Wow. And his hot sports talk yesterday was late hit him, late hit Brock Purdy, late hit him till he's out of the game. <laughs> uh, that's reminiscent of Bounty Gate. I know. I mean, he has no connection with the Packers, except that he's a Packer Hall of Famer, and it's a... Uh, to listen to show there, Milwaukee. Well, we'll get to Brewer trade talk next hour. Um, and the Bucks are on a two-game winning streak. But to sit there and 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 advocate for your team to late hit Brock Purdy, they're not exactly the spirit of uh, the the game. Is so it's sort of dirty pool. Um, and uh, the, the, that whole deal. It's about time that they're putting uh, naloxone in local schools, uh, thanks to the, the uh, Washington State Department of Health, by the way. I've been doing it myself personally, and I like damn the consequences. My 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 kid's been going to her school with two uh, Narcans. Neither for her; they're they're for her friends. If because I mean, you're seeing these these stories always start the same way with. Uh, graduation photo of some 17-year-old kid, 4.0 student, great kid, and he thought he was taking a Percocet or whatever. Because that's a big thing. In, in high schools, especially with high schools with sports and kids who have parents that push their kids in sports, um, mom and dad's Percocet is sold like uh, a, a hot entertainment ticket or, or whatever. 
And it's one thing to get it from your dad's or your mom's, you know, prescription bottle. It's another one to buy it from some kid at school who swears his brother knows the guy or whatever. The number of teenagers dying from overdose has surged threefold between 2016 and this year. The uh, DOH said synthetic opioids are laced with fentanyl. They're driving loss of life. So yesterday, the Department of Health said it will provide. It'll be providing. Two naloxone kits at all public high schools. There should be, well, okay, whatever. And alternative schools in the state. My own kid has two on her, in her own backpack. My fear, I think that's great. I think two is better than none, right? It's just that I think that if something like this happens in a high school, during high school hours, it's going to be a cluster. It's going to be more than two, but it's going to be a cluster of them. Because a kid at noon uh, in the weight room um, passes them out. And I'm, I'm going to say, what's the worst case scenario? I'm describing it. A cluster overdose. Accidental cluster overdose, right? So at that point, two is not going to do it. So it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. I'm right. Boom. Mic drop. QED on, on that one. I would just say, you're, I don't think there's a penalty for having a stack of 10 of them. Uh, when they come in and say the volleyball team is all passed out and they're not breathing, okay, how many are there? There's eight. Okay, we'll take these ten. But anyway, it's uh, it's uh, it's a new, it's sad. And go ahead and acknowledge it's a sad day. Okay, great, it's a sad day, but have that ready, and then it will be a less sad day. Uh, ever seen those uh, cash for cell phone boxes, eco ATM? Uh, I have not. They're usually they're on the way out of QFC and the Walmart and all that. And it's it's funny because this woman described when her phone was stolen and she kept updating where it was. Uh, it finally finally winds up at a QFC on Capitol Hill and it says 20 feet away, 15 feet away, 10 feet away. She looks up and it's that thing. It's that big looming eco ATM thing. Um, but anyway, uh, they're they're driving stolen phones. I I I would full on <clears throat> I would freak out more to lose my phone than my wallet. Cause my wallet is in my phone. Right, but it's password protected, probably. It is, the but I I, I will never underestimate the ability of a phone thief to crack that stuff. Except for you know your little iPhone or whatever. Except that except I can. The trick is that that Jedi mind trick where I get you to unlock your phone. Oh, your iPhone, I mean. But uh, uh, anyway, the nightmare being driven by Eco ATM, but the the workaround is pretty impressive, I get to say. So I can't wait to play that for you. Um, okay, would you take up Siggy's Dairy's offer? Uh, for $10,000 if you're willing to give up your smartphone for one month. So this is a New York-based company, which is known for selling an Icelandic yogurt called Skyr. Oh, Skitter, yeah. And they and, announced and the is, contest yesterday. Uh, no, I would not, because they're not <laughs> selling real Skier anyway, real real Skier. It, it became such a craze that Iceland outlived it. They All of their whatever, it's like it's like uh, e emu Yogurt, so it's like a, mm -hmm. a Icelandic uh, goat yogurt, and it is really good. But after the initial, after the company that was selling it sold out, they're Icelandic. And they're like, well, we don't care about money. They they couldn't expand. You can't grow. I mean, Iceland is busy growing by itself, but they they can't, couldn't grow that. So now they have all these fake 
Icelandic yogurts. And folks, if you grab that thing at Whole Foods and it says Icelandic style yogurt, that, that's all it is. And I mean, that's the best you can do. But they're paying me to give up my cell phone? They say, quote, we believe in the power of living a simpler life, Brian, with fewer distractions. One of the biggest distractions in our lives today is our phones. Ten participants will be selected based on the essays they submit to Siggy's. And you could win big by just uh, abstaining from that glowing rectangle in your pocket. I think it's a, a novel idea. I, I would consider it's, it, to be honest with you. It's 10, like dry January. How do you, so you ha, you would have to show them your records, right? I think you have to hand it over. I think they no. confiscate the thing. No. Or you put it in a little pouch I and think throw in away Icelandic, the key. you say, screw you. <laughs> or, or, no, I'll, I'll confront them when I'm in their country. I do sense that I, I like where their mind's at on that. Um, and they may be my, my people, but no, I, you know, that's going backwards in progress. That's like saying, you know, this... This fire, this wheel, the uh-huh. kids. Okay, we'll we'll give you more mammoth if you give up the fire and the wheel. All right, this is crazy. That you know, my 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 kids are in front of that fire all night long, and that wheel's going to put someone's eye well, out. If you're a pyromaniac, maybe it is good to give up the. Well, the I fire guess so, but I don't think they they were they they were not, pyromania didn't exist until someone put two sticks together and lived under it. Uh-huh. And when yeah, we yeah, lived right. in caves, there were no pyromaniacs. We were better people back then. But nevertheless, then then somebody planed a log, and put it on another log, and then there was and pyromania was born. But well, I have a better offer for you. There's a millionaire in Austria who just uh, inherited $27 million, and she's giving it away as fast as she can. Why, though? She hates money. You get a couple good sandwiches out of that she's before you give commie. it all away. She's a commie. That's what's so crazy. <laughs> she's a red, and her grandma willed her this money, and she's like, oh, ew, I hate money. <laughs> and so she's giving it. I'll, I'll, I'll get that for you. No offense, but it sounds like some <laughs> commie gobbledygook. Gobble <laughs> commie gobbledygook. And it's my exhibit A of you got to be that rich to even think like that, whether you're John Kerry or or whatever. So John Kerry has. I thought he resigned as climate czar. What's he doing? Even landing in Davos. He's. You know, that's where he makes frequent appearances. I don't know if he took Annual a private appearance. jet to get there this time. Oh, of course he did. But there was a testy confrontation with a so-called reporter outside of Davos that uh, did not go so well. And 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 this is and it's. it's oh, I, I sense there's a video of it because when, oh, yes, when of they're course. getting physical. But but he ma- he maintains, and this is the Ariana uh, Huffington defense, is that you see he does so much good arriving there in Davos. That it's where it, that is the offset. Is that your Ariana Huffington impression? Yes, absolutely. And <laughs> then the Viet Cong, you know, hit me hard, and but I bounced back and I sailed. Uh, I Ariana Huffington, uh, but um, but, but it, the high horse that he's on. And and by the way, is he with his wife? Is this who's defending him? I haven't him? seen Teresa Hines. Teresa, I'm time. sorry, Teresa. A long time. Teresa, say it MIA. right, Mister Wrong Sayer. Teresa, it's Teresa. Teresa Hines, and he was always on about that. She's such uh, a man of the people. Eighty-five years young. Teresa. Well, Teresa. how how old is Lurch? I mean, he's so old. Uh, he 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 looks like uh, he looks like you TikToked. She was Pete robbing Carol. the cradle on that one. He's just eighty years young. Oh, really? Oh, so she's getting a piece of that action. Is What's she? What's the carbon footprint of these events every single year that you come here? You think it's worth it? Peasants pay for your crimes. Peasants pay for your crimes, like says the, the the South Africa. I love that. <laughs> no, they my blue eyes. I bombed them. That's a stupid question. Is it? A, is it really? Is it? Is it? Is it more stupid than you traveling here to tell us 
Sorry? These guys are laughing. We done. are done now. You don't grab me. You can't grab us. This is a free society, mate. This is, we have freedom of the press. Why do you think you're more important? Your carbon footprint doesn't matter, but everybody else around the world suggested that. Nobody ever suggested that. Don't make up stupid questions. Hey, but, but, but you say that as you're getting off a Gulfstream 650, you clown. And then, and then his obfuscation about, well, it's, it's not my jet. It was a no, I'm not, I've, never, uh, my, I've never flown anywhere on my private jet. It, the the dodge there is that he's flown on his wife's private jet. Because why, boy, you talk about uh, robbing the, the the money cradle on this one. She she was married to uh, Senator John Hines. Um, does the name ring a bell when you are having scrambled eggs <laughs> or um, or what? I, I I really I'm really limited on what I put ketchup on. I don't even put it on scrambled eggs anymore. That's Tabasco. Um, <clears throat> and uh, or, meatloaf. Uh, you 50, that's fifty-seven, and and you bacon in there. But anyway, she met, she married. Her name is Teresa Hines because she married Senator John Hines, who had a dollar or two. Anyway, uh, the woman giving money away. How how you can win free money from the uh, the unintentional millionaire? Back in a second, name some Sunday KTDH. Seventy KTTH Brian Stitz here. It's weird, but we have some people like this in this country. But I don't know what circle of hell it is where a communist inherits $27 million, but meet meine Freunde, Marlena Engelhorn of Austria. Kennen sich mit nix aus. Müssen sie auch nicht. Denn sie können alles kaufen. Reiche können keine Erlagschein ausfüllen. Ich Millionenerbin. Hab zwei Jahre gebraucht, um das zu lernen. English, please. Hey, anyway, now. She doesn't know. Next time you play something like that, make sure I'm dumb button ready. Yeah. Sheesh. This is uh, kind of good. Um, well, so she she hates money. I mean, that's uh, the, the... Well, as long as she's not giving it to the government. Dude, yeah, and also, by the way, you don't have to take it. Uh, and the BBC article, it's, it's funny. Uh, they have a picture of her at Davos... Um, last year with her 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 boyfriend, Marlene Engelhorn uh, joined a handful of millionaires in Davos in May of last year, calling for, are you ready, greater taxation of the wealthy. And they're holding a sign that says, in tax we trust. You know what? Die. <laughs> there. Die. Just die. That escalated quickly. <laughs> That's my middle position on this one. There's nothing stopping you from giving it to the Austrian government. Nothing. What's, whatever millionaires in this country go, well, you know, actually, our, our tax rates are really low compared to other countries, and you know, we should be taxed more. Well, then write the government a check. They will cash it, as it turns out. You can write a, you can write a check to the general fund. 
they will cash it. Impressed. That's that. You don't like money? Give it to the government if you want, give or give it to me. But um, I don't. I don't get why. If you know your granddaughter is a commie, why why bother her with money? And also, uh, German Eros is setting up a citizens group to decide how she should give away much of the fortune she inherited from her grandmother. <clears throat> the 31-year-old who lives in Wien uh, wants 50 Austrians to determine how how uh, 25 million euros, which is like seven bucks, of her inheritance uh, should be re redistributed. By the way. She inherited 27 million euros. She'll be giving away 25 million. And I got to say, you know, if, if I'm bopping down the street and I find 2 million zlotys or dollars, I'm set for life. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. So what, 2 million euros is about $3 million or 3.5 million? I think it's four dollars. liters. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you do like five or six liters. Okay, but how much money would actually change your life and then how much over that amount is just excessive that wouldn't make that much of a difference? I think maybe the number is one or two million about, but then anything over that, that what do you really need it for? To be honest with you, I mean, I would redo my bathroom. I'd probably paint, Property. My, I'd probably paint my garage door. Awesome truck. I, yeah, I drive a 15 year old car i might get a new car but again you don't need 27 million for i'd that. still own the cars i drive that that's right that yeah. is unmovable <laughs> uh i have inherited a fortune and therefore power without having done anything for it said the austrian <laughs> so um uh, she said and the state doesn't even bond taxes on it <laughs> well move somewhere that does move to california austria abolished inheritance tax in 2008 one of a handful of European countries said, do not impose inheritance tax on or death death duties. Uh, so she feels guilty about that. <clears throat> um, she is a descendant of Friedrich Engelhorn, the founder of German chemical and pharmaceutical company BASF. Um, she seems like a real IG Farben person. Oh, that was founded by a Jew, ironically. But uh, anyway, so Traudel Engelhorn Vecchiato's wealth was estimated by the U.S. Uh, magazine Forbes at 4.2 billion. So I, I love how they that his, her grandma basically whittles uh, a fragment off and and uh, puts that uh, in, a, in a will for croaks and give it to someone who who hates money. 368 billion a trillion seven hundred million dollar billion dollar. There you go. Thanks, Trottle. Um, If politicians don't do their job and redistribute, then I have to redistribute my wealth myself, she explained in her statement. That's, I have so much contempt for this. There's nothing There's nothing altruistic about this. Because, first of all, she's she's a spotlight ranger. You could do this quietly. You could, what's, What was the, the TV show where the guy won the lottery and then spent the rest of his life going around writing his wrongs? Sounds captivating. I, what's that NBC show? It was like 10 years ago. And... Uh, I mean, but she needs the entire world to know that she's. And this is this is like this. I, I'm one. This is like a Greta Thunberg who won't shut up. Who who now because she's giving away money, she didn't have a good point. She just is giving away the money, and that's why she's famous. In tax, we trust. The biblical standard is don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. In other words, give quietly, give in secret. So your Lord who sees in secret will see you, but those who do it in public, they have received their reward because they're doing it for some kind of public sentiment accolade or something like I, that. I That's know. I, I really, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, the T.J. Watt uh, school of, of uh, altruism 
Just want everyone to know that I uh, set up a bunch of uh, New Orleans people with new houses. I'm a pretty good guy. <laughs> yeah, when it I, comes down to it. Really dislike that. And and so uh, anyway, the managing director of the Foresight Institute, which is supporting the initiative, said the council to redistribute the heiress's money would be, would be made up of twenty relatives. <laughs> No, um, would be made up of 50 people from all age groups, federal, states, social classes, and backgrounds. So it'll be a, a, a fair slice and an even slice of the Austrian demographic to say who's going to give away her money. Opulence. Oh, yes. I, I mean, I, I got to say, I, I, I think uh, her giving away is neat. I, I, it would be great to find out after she gave it away that she did that or, or whatever. Um, I mean, why not make people earn it? That, that's part of the problem with the government dispersing your money. They didn't earn it. They just passed a law. Then you give it to them. Then they act as if it's their revenue. That's what's going on <clears throat> with with this carbon complete what? complete hooey tax. The hooey tax. Speaking of uh, their next door neighbor, the Germans. Have you seen that, that they're getting rid of diesel subsidies in Germany? So the Germans, the German farmers, this is very un-German. They're driving around spraying manure on government buildings. This isn't Europe, okay? There are rules here. It's so gross. You know, they have they have these mobile, like if, if you go by an alfalfa field in, in eastern Washington, there's a time of year, and it's coming up soon, where they have to fertilize it, and they have these gigantic sprinklers, but that, that ain't water. <laughs> so anyway, there, it's not water coming out. They're, they're basically poop flingers. So the Germans are bringing the poop flingers off the farms to government buildings oh. and um, like painting, painting these buildings. <laughs> but I, I don't even want to say the German word. Oh. But um, it's it's a hilarious – it's like what the Dutch farmers were doing a couple of years ago, and people thought – except they were, like, rolling over cars and all that. Um, and that was over a, a CO2 tax. The Germans, you're cutting their diesel subsidies. So they, they fling poop at you. Not funny. Dangerous, though. And, and you have to know how un how rude that is in Germany. Here in America, it's it's amusing. You know, we should do it as an annual holiday. There, it's a incredible breach of public protocol, and but then again, to the Germans, well, so is cutting my diesel subsidy. And if you're thinking, oh well, Europeans, everything's subsidized. Have you seen red diesel? Have you ever heard of red diesel? Do you know how subsidized are the 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 proud American farmer is? <clears throat> you know, it's illegal to you know your your heating oil is called heating oil. It's diesel. And it's subsidized. Um, you can't put it in your diesel truck because it's red, and you know they're not going to find out. But same with agricultural diesel; it's super cheap. It, it would make a, a diesel vehicle, a Volkswagen or whatever, make sense. I did not it, know it that. Brings it down to about a dollar a gallon for the diesel, but you can't put, even though it's the same, you can't put your agri diesel in your Volkswagen diesel. Big time. And then with the trunk full of the Ostmarks, Aust the Austrian marks, as you're giving away your money and stuff. So anyway, that's your government relationship <clears throat> with, with uh, your taxes. But anyway, Marlena Engelhorn is giving away 25 million. It's about $27 million. But uh, oddly enough, she is keeping a bit because even though she's a commie, 
and a redistributor and a socialist, you still got to eat the ramen, you know? So she's just going to buy the ramen factory. Back in a second, AM770 KTTH. You're just saying words. Classical gas from 1969. Who did this? It's a one-hit wonder, right? Who did it? I believe so, yeah. And an instrumental hit at that. Yeah. Also, as featured in uh, the film The Dish and others, and a central scene in The Dish. We'll say it's by Mason Williams. Oh. Uh, not Mason Rudolph or Mason... Uh, anyway, um, as you know, dyed diesel is fuel that is colored with a chemical additive for identification. Red is the most common dyed diesel, which fuels off-road vehicles and equipment. This kind of fuel is not taxed and has a higher sulfur content. Blue dyed diesel is like red dyed diesel, though it is for U.S. government vehicles only. Better not catch it in your, in your privately owned automobile. Um, and <clears throat> cars you can't get in America, uh, by the way, for 200 Ford made a diesel Fiesta, right? 70 miles per gallon. Muy bien. Seven zero. Seven, not seven, not seven letters D, but seven zero miles per gallon. Oh, I follow. Crazy. Um, and it was sold <clears throat> by the liter, you know, in, uh, in such as the Europe, such as, and I, I once read a, um, an Audi A4 diesel. Crazy mileage. That is not real. It was real and not available in North America because we because the, the, the big three and their union run. Because uh, we hate Mother Earth. Because we hate good mileage or something. But the Ford, it wasn't Opal. It was Ford. It was a Ford, a diesel Ford Fiesta. Not available in America. Um, so there's uh, there's there's that. But meanwhile, in Berlin today, in in Berlin, a the the, the entire town is uh, coming to a halt because uh, the farmers ram the avenue leading to Berlin's Brandenburg Gate. They are protesting against the government's plans for higher taxes on farming operations and for fair prices for their products. And because here's the deal, the German economy shrunk, not not growing. The British are trying real hard not to shrink. They look at the United States and they go, how do you do that? How do you have a good economy after the the, the lockdowns and all this? And um, so, yeah, they're moribund there. And they made a right move in getting off of, you know, uh, Russian natural gas. But there's something really wrong with their economy. And then the government looks to, you know, tighten the drawstrings, tighten the, tighten the, the, the belt. And they, and they have very, very, very generous subsidies for their agrodiesel. Uh, and w which it, in in bang for the buck, there's nobody like the American farmer. There's no one the, for productivity per acre. Uh, th there's just nothing even close. Uh, okay, so I mean, y y you you're justified with uh, I, I'll I'll grant 
your taking of the monies and getting the cheap diesel. Okay, so so there's that. The Germans are not. The Germans are very labor intensive and money intensive and all that. It's not like a hundred years ago, you know, when a good healthy German is out there picking potatoes, but still not very efficient farming. Uh, some of the most efficient bushel per acre on the face of the earth. Can you guess where it is, Greg? Why would I bring be bringing up this story? <clears throat> you tell me. Uh, why do I bring up any story at this time of the morning? Try the Palouse, the most productive farmland uh, on the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. The Palouse, the southeastern uh, uh, bit of the state of Washington. The home of the giant earthworm, the Palouse giant, not a myth. And, um, and it, its per acre yield is astounding. And the quality and, and all this. But the problem is it requires a really specific kind of machinery to work those hills, right? But it's worth the investment. Um, and so we have – and that's what the Europeans always – the Chinese always – they talk about Americans are lowballing the world market for apples or whatever because we can. Why can we do this? Because <clears throat> we have a never-ending supply of farm labor, right? That's never going to stop. And eh, they'll take what they take. Okay, there's that. So God made a farmer. And God met a dictator. And and so um, that's how we're able to feed ourselves and have enough left over that we can still put it on a boat and lowball a Chinese apple farmer or a, or a Japanese apple farmer or or, or whatever or a, a loaf of bread. We can bake a lo loaf of bread in America and still and FedEx it and it's still cheaper than your bread. So anyway, that's that, this is a, a set of problems we're not having in America is uh, f farmers flinging poop at government farmers buildings. Farmers flinging feces. <laughs> yeah. The protests have put pressure on Chancellor Olaf Scholz's coalition as it struggles to fix a budget mess. Facing fierce backlash, the government has already agreed not to scrap a tax rebate on new... And also, by the way, for the record, if they had to, Germany couldn't feed itself. It's, it's like World War I again, um, and England can feed itself. Germany cannot. America can feed itself four times over in a single year and still have uh, enough left over to lowball you. Canada can feed itself because they pretty much copy everything we do. But it's a, it's a sort of a, a benchmark of your civilization. First of all, can you feed yourself? Because if you, if you go back uh, in history... You know, hunger is is a civilization killer. One one bad uh, harvest, and you're moving to America. Um, and w we don't deal with that uh, here. We've we've worked that out, and we you know. But uh, that's it's a, anyway. It's a canary in the coal mine when your farmers are flinging poop at your government buildings and stuff. Ever seen those things that they look like gigantic? You know, the golf course sprinklers to go ch -ch -ch, those things. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. Only that ain't water. You know, and and it does a huge disc, you know, around and it's, it's fertilizer, and it sure is. And uh, so they brought them, they brought them. They said, "Give us, give us the diesel subsidy, or we give you the the poop flinging." It's getting uh, ugly, folks. There's no other way to put it. Um. Anyway, you know what they say in Ballard? It's all fun and games until you find a grenade in the house that you're uh, rehabbing. So said a chap uh, in in Ballard uh, to uh, Channel 7. And investigators filled that driveway you see right behind me. The bomb squad later determined that grenade was not live, but the contractor says he's glad he didn't have to find that out the hard way. 
My first thought was to get out of there. This is why Vadim Karkovoy hightailed it out of the home he was hired to remodel. He says he was working on a third floor bathroom when he ripped up the bathtub and saw what looked like a grenade between the studs. I rushed out of there, took my breath and actually went back in and recorded the situation. And I took a zoomed in on my phone, took a closer peek. Oh my God. And sure enough, it's a inert training grenade. Um, and I, I, I really kind of wish Seattle PD, PIO, I mean, for the sake of the community, um, would, uh, would would m make this clear when they're because you see stories like this, like a an elderly Spanaway man died and all for, for 30 years he was sleeping on a live cluster bomb or something. And anything is painted light blue, even like in, in Russian, Chinese and every world military paints inert stuff light blue. OK. But no one knows that. Media doesn't know that. Seattle PD, uh, their EOD, they know that. They know this never was a grenade. It's a grenade body, and it has uh, a, a fuse. So it's got you know the hammer and the pin in it. And so, so to the entire world of non-grenade knowing people, it looks like a grenade. Well, Chuck Ch is one of those people. So you're what correct. Ha what happens when you pull the pin on a practice, a plume of smoke, and then it, and then that's it? You can have, like, for instance, a practice fuse, and that's how you practice, because, you know, you they don't say, all right, okay, everyone, pick up your grenade, okay, now throw it. They're em they're empty. They're inert. They're they're there's no explosive filler in the body of the grenade. Okay. But the fuse might be live, and you pull the pin, and you don't cook it off. It's not like you know, Kelly Ciro's. You throw it with the the hammer on it, which is dumb, um, and then it goes pop. Because and boom goes the dynamite. Because that's that's what happens in, in the grenade body. So the the five second fuse goes pop, and then the rest of the grenade says we agree. Boom, shrapnel, death, the whole thing. But um, they they could make it really clear, I, I think, in, in this story. Because now there's going to be people in Ballard going, well, all those years they had a bathtub and there was a grenade under it. Okay, there was a simulated. It, it was, was a, practically Vietnam a under training that bathtub. Grenade. It was worse than Hitler. And and the thing is, it it's meant to look and feel like a grenade because it's a training grenade. It's the same weight, but it doesn't have a filler. And I mean, I, I don't blame the, the layman should call police and get away. That's an actual freaking grenade. I was probably two feet away from it. Except it wasn't actual. It might be freaking, but it wasn't an actual freaking grenade. Closer peak, I'm like, that's an actual freaking grenade. I was probably two feet away from it when I seen it. Finding something hidden and long forgotten in walls and floors is something the polar bear construction owner has seen a lot of in his 10 years of work. Usually, it's old magazines or newspapers. But nothing like this. This was, uh, this was big. <laughs> Nobody knew. Um, there was a little compartment that was found after we demoed the bathtub in the back of the closet. So somebody actually opened that little compartment and put it back there. Seattle Police's bomb squad came and took the grenade. They later found out the grenade was not live. Vadim says he lost three hours of by looking at it. But uh, so so anyway, I'm 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 just saying. In other words. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't just not live. It was never live. It, it's a inert grenade. Um, and and so now people in Ballard are, are going to be like, oh, yeah, the, the the nice old lady. They were there. They were there for decades. We were for decades living next to a, the house with the grenade bathtub or something. No, you weren't. Um, I can't. Like I say, I can't speak to certain neighborhoods outside of Fort Lewis. But I mean, you hear that all the time there. That, uh, you know, nice old John McKillicuddy. 
had a Vietnam snake eye 500 pound fragmentation bomb in his pool. And it turns out to be a, you know, some inert thing or whatever. People. This is traumatizing. People, funny, people get sticky fingers at ranges after things are expended. But uh, not to say there's not people you should be afeard of. We we had, uh, I'm going to save, I'm going to save everybody a, a folksy anecdote and say, I'll just tell you, I have a great story and it doesn't have a happy ending. Guy winds up in jail. There, 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 there you go. Um, all right. Uh, so I'm, I'm not a chase guy anymore. It used to be. But Jamie Dimon, the CEO of Chase is in Davos, uh, Switzerland. He talked to CNBC yesterday. He really nailed, the guy has a lot of common sense about what is a issue to people um, and why is the average American in middle America concerned about our borders and why is it that Biden is stupid and not being serious about that issue? Um, and and <clears throat> what happens when you disrespect 75 million people that voted for Trump? You're probably a Democratic, uh, Democrat elite uh, running his campaign, probably. Anyway, uh, Jimmy Diamond on stuff right after the same Simpsons, something he KTTH. I want more, and I know I shouldn't.